Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name. Can I get a good amen? amen. Now, I want to establish, so listen to this message as if you're listening to two messages. I want to establish something first in the next 15 minutes. And then I'll teach, I'll continue on faith in God. Alright, I was thinking I was going to teach it, maybe I'll teach it as a full message but I feel very impressed to establish it so you're going to follow me very carefully and that is the principle that I will say in the realm of the spirit things are very precise and and when the book Have Faith in God comes out please ensure you get a copy and read it because many people do not understand how faith works they struggle with faith so many people assume or most people assume that faith is just strong will. So somebody just comes and say, this cannot happen to me. That's not faith. Faith is not strong will. Faith is a spiritual substance in your spirit that by believing the word of God, now pay very careful attention, the outcomes of your life can be determined. Now this is what I want to explain. And please follow me. If you miss this, you might not get the second part of the message. Now, when I use the word we, I'm not talking about you, myself, and yourself. I'm just using we as humans. We are used to deceiving ourselves a lot. Okay? And, and, and I'll, I'll explain this in Jeremiah when the Bible says the heart of man is desperately weak. Okay? We're used to deceiving ourselves a lot. So because we are used to that deception, we also feel the realm of the spirit can be deceived. Now, the spiritual realm is very precise. There can be no deception in the spiritual realm. So even if you masquerade the flesh, even if you um, cover the flesh up, and I cannot see what you um, see, or I cannot know what's in your heart, the realm of the spirit cannot be deceived. The scripture says, God cannot be mocked, right? Whatsoever a man soweth, what's going to happen? That shall he reap. That's where? You have just quoted Bible now. Where did you quote now? Go to Galatians. This idea of quoting scriptures and not knowing where they are, you know it's not a good Christian habit, I mean. And you have to every scripture you know, try to find out. Now, don't be Galatians 6 7. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Now, if I say don't be deceived, it means what? Church of the Living God. Follow me. If I say don't be deceived, it means what? You can be deceived. Okay. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, this he will also reap. Now, look at this. Next verse. Next verse. What does it say? For, come on. For the man, for the one who sows to his own flesh, will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Now pay attention. I've always said when you read um, the Bible and you see capital S is talking about the spirit of God 
small is talking about your spirit. So it's telling us here in Galatians chapter 6 verse 8 that there are two realms that people sow to. There is the realm of the flesh and there is the realm of the spirit. Now, you cannot sow to the realm of the flesh and expect to reap from the realm of the spirit. That is deception. So a man cannot be carnal and still expect to reap the dividends of the kingdom because God is merciful. Now, God is merciful in your salvation, but your harvest is based on your seeds. So if you're reaping corruption, it is not God's fault. It is where you are sowing to. Do you follow this now? Okay. Now, part A of the message. Part B. Come with me to... Um, First Kings 22. Hope you didn't leave your clothes outside. <laughs> if no, just lose you in this message now. First Kings 22, verse 30. You know, sometimes people who listen to our messages don't understand what happened. Now, somebody will just wonder what's, what's, what's going on. First Kings 22 and verse 30. Please follow this story. Follow this story. Let me summarize the story before we read it. The king had a word. That he was going to die and everything. The king said, you know what? I'm going to disguise myself and not dress like a king. Someone else would dress like the king. Now, let's read. Verse 30. So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself. Look at this. Disguise. Right? Can we use the word disguise for deception? Right? If I'm disguising myself, you know, it also means I'm trying to deceive someone. Right? Okay. So I'll disguise myself and go into the battle, but you put on my robes. So he put on... <laughs> the, so the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. So he disguised himself and went into battle. Now the king of Aram had commanded the 32 captains of his chariot, saying, Do not fight with the small or great, but with the king of Israel alone. So when the captains of the chariot saw Joseph, they said, Surely it's the king of Israel. And they turned aside to fight against him. And Joseph cried out. That's why you know where what is not yours. When, <laughs> when the captains of the chariot saw that it was not the king of Israel, they turned back from pursuing him. So, in a way, this man had succeeded to disguise himself. Now see what happened. Now, a certain man drew his bow at random. I want you to pay the word at random. So this guy just stood up, just drew his bow. He wasn't aiming at anybody, but remember, the word had come that the king was going to die. He wore ordinary clothes. He didn't wear kingly clothes. Now look at what happened. Now he said, Andrew is born at random and struck the king of Israel in a joint of the armor. So he said to the driver of his chariot, turn around and take me out of the fight for I'm severely wounded. The battle raged that day and the king was propped up in his chariot in front of the Arameans and died in the evening and the blood from the wound ran into the bottom of the chariot. It was a random drawing of the bow but it was a precise harvest based on what has already been predetermined. Which means actually in life, there are no coincidences. Listen to me very carefully. You have to intentionally determine the happenings around your life. So even though he didn't wear that kingly thing, even though he seemed that he had deceived everybody, the boss, the arrow still got to him, even though outwardly he wasn't dressed like a king. Which means that the realm of the spirit is precise. 
and I'm, 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 I have a reason why I'm explaining this to you and I want you to follow it. Because sometimes we put our trust in men and we deceive ourselves that we are trusting in God. And when the harvest does not come, we blame God. The realm of the spirit is precise. You know one of the reasons corruption thrives in our nation, right? We don't like to use machines and systems. And you know why? You know why we don't like to use machines and systems, right? You're going to, to park here. We just say, okay, parking is 500 naira, right? It, what, I mean, let's be honest. What's the difference between developed countries and, uh, I don't know where, where we are now, whether we are developing or whatever we are. I don't know whether we're moving forward or backwards, but however our movement is, what's the difference between those countries? It's simple. But here, instead of put, I mean, you just go, you buy your tickets, you finish buying, you slot in your tickets, the thing opens. Yeah, no, you have to put your brother. Right? And then when your brother is going, say, I got how much now? I say, oh, 250, 250, 250. Somebody will pay 500, somebody will pay 250, somebody will pay 300. The guy's girlfriend will not pay at all. That's corruption. Corruption is just that we don't like things to be measured. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, because we are used to that, we also take that into the realm of the spirits. Now, let me show you another story. We won't have time to read it. I'll take time to explain this, but I, I hope you have studied this story very carefully. Second Kings chapter 7 verse 1. I'll come back to it, but in Second Kings chapter 7 verse 1, you know the story, right? I'll just say the story because of our time. Um, Second Kings chapter 7 verse 1, right? Um, the prophets, Elisha said, Tomorrow about this time, a measure of fine flour, let me just read it, Second Kings chapter 7. Then Elijah said, listen to the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time, a measure of fine flour will be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. The royal officer on whose hand the king was leaning. How many of you remember that word? Leaning. Lean not on your own understanding. Do you remember that word? Do you remember that word? That means don't trust. So the, the royal officer on whose hand the king was leaning answered the man of God and said, behold, if the Lord should make the windows in heaven... You know, could this thing be? Then he said, behold, you will see it with your own eyes, but you will not eat it. Please pay attention to this. It means the word of the Lord came and the economic advisor said, listen, with all the economic analysis, even if God does this, it will not happen. Elijah now said something. He says, you will see it, but you will not eat of it. Please don't forget this. Now, you know the story, how God used the lepers. That's where I wrote my book from. Um, what's the title of that book now? Uh, lepers who became leaders. It's from Second Kings chapter 7. Ten principles from this verse. Now go to verse... Um, where did they come back? Okay. Now go to verse 15. So the lepers, you know the story now. The lepers went in, brought all these things. Things were now cheap in the gates of Samaria. Then they went after them to the Jordan. Behold, all the way was full of clothes and equipment with the Arameans have thrown away in their hands. Then the messengers returned and told the king. So the people went out and plundered the camp of the Arameans. Then a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel according to the word of the Lord. Now listen. So the, now the, appoint, the king appointed the royal officer on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gates. But the people trampled on him at the gate and he died just as the man of God had said. Who spoke when the king came down to him. Now, when you see them trampling on that man at the gate, 
what will the newspapers report? Eh? Royal officer trampled at the gate. Was this a random event? No. In the natural, it looked like, oh, there were a lot of people. They just trampled him. Ah, they just trampled him. Ah, this man. No. His faith was not in God. And he had been told, when good come, you will see it, but you will not partake. The trampling was precise in the realm of the spirit. Nothing just happens. So if you are not intentional about where you sow to, random events might just look random. But they are precise. See, your faith or your faithlessness will determine the occurrence of your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Somebody has just been living in fear all their life. Ah, this job. I hope they don't drop me. A policy just come. They just drop five people. They just drop you. You say, ah, I don't even know why they don't like me. Mm -mm, mm -mm. That thing was not random. And I really need you to understand this. Interestingly, we believe in this a lot in the negative. So we always believe something happens to somebody. Ah, it's not normal. It's not normal. I think, you know, there are spiritual forces behind it. We always believe this when it is in the negative. In the positive also, you can orchestrate ministering spirit to, to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to make the random events of your life to be precise. That's why, if you are not serious with God, right, your life shows it. It's you're, you're being serious or you're being intentional with God has nothing to do with any person. It is you. It is the outcome of your life. So that you can be in charge of the determining factors of your life. And this same thing that happened, we will talk about it in Jeremiah, which is our anchor scripture for this morning. So let's go to Jeremiah. Let's go to Jeremiah. We're going to read something there. Chapter 17. Oh, I don't know why this is always happening to me. Sit back. Sit back. And ask yourself, where am I so into? Where am I so into? Oh, the man said, even if God will do this, it will not. And then, you still want to reap from what you have said, even if God opened the windows of heaven. Why did they not post him somewhere else? Why did they post him to the gates? Why was he trampled? This was not a peasant. This was not an ordinary man. This is the king's royal officer. But if you just sit in your house and say, ah, people are wicked. They just trampled on this man. Ah, uh-uh, ah, what? No, no, no. It's his, his fate that pulled the trampling. And I'll tell you, if that man had said, oh wow, I think God will do this. I'm I'm excited. See, the truth of the matter is that let 1,000 people trample on him. He will get up and still partake of that. Listen to me. What's happening to you? You are the cause. That's what I'm trying to say. That's the summary. It's what you believe. It's what your heart. That's why Job says, what I fear most has happened to me. That's why anybody that keeps going, I don't want to marry a bad man. I don't want to, ah, men are wicked, men are wicked. A guy will come to church, nice beers, good glasses. When they say, ah, Ben, low, Ben, low, he will be on the floor. He say, ah, this one is serious. 
Your deceptive heart will hook a deceptive man. It is when both of you enter the house. Now say, are you like this? Even you too. You can deceive us. That's why deception is not good for you because it's attracting things into your life that you intentionally may not want. Oh, you can deceive me. You can cover your hair, cover your eye, wear dark shade, clap hands. I would think you are very serious. That's me. Don't you know some when they want to marry, they just quickly just repent. Quickly. Just quickly repent. And then another sister too. Quickly, quickly. Just quickly repent. Ah! I surrender. Oh! Start crying. And you think you will now reap a very committed Christian. You also see another bad guy who has given himself three months. And you know sometimes we pastors can be quickly impressed. Guy will just come, drop one seed, heavy seed, wet tie all the time. As you are teaching, you say, yes sir, right on sir, preach on sir. Pastor makes him PA. You just say, ah, ah brother, that's my goal. <laughs> and then you rush in. Both of you rush and hold yourself. <laughs> then one day the guy is, is angry and stressed out from work. The pressure in this work, the pressure, the pressure. He just see him with a bottle. They say, ah, You drink too? Say, Yes. Ah, I used to drink before. I thought you don't drink. Before you know, you have established a bar. When you ask him, he says, It's stress. Stress. Okay. Stress. Child of God, don't deceive yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not God. You can deceive me. Thank God I'm not even a prophet. So I don't see very far. <laughs> it's the Bible in front of me I'm seeing. But listen to me. Anything you choose to do with your life, there is God in heaven. You will reap. My prayers don't cancel your harvest. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He didn't say, and you shall reap. And when your pastor prays, I'm not there. I will reap what I'm sowing. You will reap what you are sowing. So check the seed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is a merciful God. Yes, that's why he gave you systems. So you can be in control. Are you hearing what I'm saying? His mercy has made it in such a way that anybody can get up this morning and say, you know what? I will sow to the Spirit. His mercy is to ensure that system works. So you know what? When you skip your devotions, hmm? you see now that when you're doing devotion, what are you doing? You're sowing to the Spirit. When you're praying, what are you doing? You're sowing to the Spirit. You're just determining the outcomes of your life. I want us to be responsible Christians. You're not a Christian because your father will find out. You're, no, 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 no. You're not serving God because your pastor. No, 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 no. A thousand times no. You know God. You know His word. You know His will. And you make your choices based on that. That if a man will put faith in God's word, it doesn't matter the economy. That man will excel and will prosper. And if a man does not believe God, it doesn't matter where you throw him. 
Now let's read Jeremiah. So it will give you perspective to this. Go to Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 5. It says, Thus says the Lord, but, but, but do you understand how precise the realm of the Spirit is? Let me give you another scripture. Um, let me have Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20. Ephesians 5, 20. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20. Let me just give you another scripture. Is that what Ephesians 5, 20 say? Um, I'm, I'm missing my scripture here. God is able to do exceedingly. Abundantly. It's Ephesians what? 3, 320, sorry. Not right. 320. Now to him who is able to do far more. Let's read it together. Everyone, let's read it together. Can you see it? Let's read it together. I want to go. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask. Hold. Hold. Ask or think. What do you use or for? English people. Huh? Either. Okay. <laughs> beyond all that we ask or think. So if I say ask, right? Or think. It means I can replace asking with thinking. Am I correct? So God is able to do abundant, exceedingly abundantly above all you can ever, you can ask. Or God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ever think. Which means asking and thinking have the same power. Which means that your thinking and your asking in the realm of the spirit Physically, we might feel asking has more power because it's vocal. But in the realm of the spirit, your thoughts are as powerful as your words. So you know why there is conflict in people's answers to prayer? They say one thing and think another thing. That's wavering. Is it, is what you call, is what the scripture calls a double-minded man. So they pray one thing. But in their mind, they are thinking another thing. But in the realm of the spirit, your thoughts are powerful. That's why the scripture tells us to cast down imaginations. See, when you start seeing yourself that you are sick, cast it down. When you start seeing, when those images start forming in your heart, listen to me, you are registering something in the realm of the spirit. Take authority over it. That's why I tell you that anything you think long enough, you will act out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you still here? Are you following what I'm saying now? This is a subject of faith. Because many people don't understand how faith works. That's why I tell you the truth. As your children start getting older, and I, and I really need to explain this. As your children start getting older, start teaching them how to believe God for themselves. Because you see, when the children get to the age of accountability, your authority does not work in their life that much anymore. Because now they are accountable for their choices. There are, there are levels of authority. If you are a member of this church, there is a level of, of spiritual authority I have over you. And I can intercede and I can pray for you. That I don't have over someone else. There's a level of authority I have over, um, over my, my kids, my wife, my house. I can pray over this city because there's a level of authority because God sent us here. So there are levels of authority. You must learn how these things work. Things are not just haphazard. 
God has not designed our life in such a way that we don't know what is going to happen. No, if we take time to study God's word, we can predetermine the course of our life. Your thoughts. Hallelujah. And how do you refine your thoughts? By God's word. Start thinking the way God thinks. It says, um, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. God is not trying to say that you cannot have his ways or have his thoughts. He's just saying that we think at two different levels. So if you want to have the God kind of experience, think the way I think. And God has, cho- has um, shown us in scriptures how to think. And in fact, people have more battle with their thoughts than their words. Which means that you should consistently feed yourself with God's word. Consistently listening to messages. Consistent. What are you doing? You are guarding the environment of your thoughts. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, can we go back now to Jeremiah 17? Alright, verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength. Flesh here is talking about human being. And whose heart turns away from the Lord. Pay attention to this. Right? Like I said, I've done a book on this, so there's, there's more explanation there. It says, cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. Because your heart cannot trust in two things. So if your heart is trusting in man, what that means is that your heart has turned away from the Lord. And I'll say, what does curse mean? Not blessed. Curse is the man who trusts in mankind. Now, pay attention. We talked about the, the four alternatives people trust in, right? We've discussed that money, places, um, people, and systems. Okay? And achievements, skills, and all of that. So you could replace that mankind with any of us. Says if a man will put his trust in mankind, says he's cursed. That means he's not working in the blessing. Let me explain something about curse, uh, the curse to, to you. The curse actually does not mean sometimes things will just go bad in your life. Sometimes it can, but the curse actually means a life that is powered by your own human effort. That's what he said in Genesis. He says, "Cursed shall you be, and from the sweat of your brow you shall eat." He didn't say you shall be hungry. You will eat. But it will be from the sweat of your brow. When Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau came and said, don't you have any more blessing for me? He says, no. He says, by your sword you shall live. Which means it's not like when a man is cursed. You know, sometimes we talk about the curse. We always feel that when somebody is cursed, everything in his life. No, no, no. Sometimes a man can actually have a lot, but he's functioning under a curse. Cain was cursed and he built a city. Had an estate. How's the, how the, how the housing estate? So, to be caused does not just mean um, things will go bad. Mm-mm. It just means that every achievement of your life can be traceable to your self-effort. There is no grace. The blessing of the Lord make it rich and he added no sorrow. Your own sorrow can enter. That's what the curse means. It's like some people grind the machine of life with their blood. You can feel it for everything they have. They can show you how many, you know, <laughs> drums of blood they donated to build that. What, let me ask you, what's your advantage as a Christian? What's the advantage? What advantage do you have? 
What advantage have you brought into the marketplace? Look at Daniel in Babylon. People struggle this way. You struggle. They fight for this. You fight. Where? <laughs> People are hustling. You are hustling. You know, I, I don't like that word at all. If there's any word I don't like, I don't like that word. Say, this is my hustle. This is my hustle. What are you hustling for? And I work hard. I believe in hard work. We teach hard work here. But you see, for the Christian, it's hard work empowered by grace. Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. He says, not I. He says, but I labor more than you all. Then he says, not I, but the grace of God. If you look at that scripture very well, you see he started with the grace of God. His labor was in the middle. He ended with the grace of God. That should be the Christian life. Like a sandwich principle. The grace of God on top, your labor in between, and the grace of God. It's not when they pick your sandwich, the sandwich of your life is labor, labor, labor. That's why sometimes we find it difficult to serve God because we cannot really find His role in our life. That's why it's difficult sometimes to give because everything we have, we can actually say this thing is sweat. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, child of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What will happen to this man? What, what, what will be the, 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 the curse. How will the curse play out? Go to verse 6. Go to verse 6. For he will be like a bush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes. But we live in stony waste in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitants. Now, when you see this verse of scripture, does this Tell us what we just read about the king, the, the, the officer. Right. Prosperity came, but he did not see it. What does the word see here means? To experience. He says, when that man who trusts in, in, in man, good things might be around him, he will not experience them. Now, <clears throat> that's why I explained about the realm of the spirit being precise. It actually means that this man not experiencing good is not because of the absence of good. It is because of where his heart is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, I spent some time praying <clears throat> yesterday night. And there's something we want to do. You know, and someone had, someone had said, you know, we're going to be part of this. We're going to give something to it. So I was praying, I was praying. I was praying about it. You know, and God was just saying, Thank God for that promise, but take your heart out of it. Take your heart out of it. Take your heart out of it. Because I think unconsciously I've started making some plans based on what I feel the person was going to give. You see, we all pass through this temptation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I pass through this temptation. Sometimes I have to pray myself into trusting God. That's why you realize that for some of you, if your salary is short now, your life is short, it's like they put oxygen. Because you, you don't know how to trust God at all. They pay you 100. That everything in your life is inside that 100. Not even one one to say, okay, let me plan and use my faith to bring one in. Mm, you've never believed God. And I've told you here in this church, 
always trust God to increase you, to bless you, and learn to use your faith. I learned it very early. Very early. Well, I started ministry out without any form of support, so that helped me. By the time I started earning salary in church, whatever came to me as salary, I mean, I started living way, be, way beyond it. Way beyond it. Because we have people we're responsible for. We have people we're sending to school personally. We have stuff we, we're doing. Why can't you trust God for something extra to come in? For an idea to come in? For some, are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't just limit your life to this natural plane when you can put your faith in God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, child of God, are you hearing what I'm saying? You have all the money in this world. Start exercising your faith. Believe God for a shoe. Just say, Lord, I'm trusting you for a black shoe. And don't buy it. Start using your faith like that. It's not when there's emergency you now want to pick faith from where it does not exist. Praise God. Start exercising your faith. Put your faith to work. One of these days, give beyond what you can ever give and say, Lord, I want to learn to trust you. I'm not trusting in my salary this month. Ah, I practice it. I practice it for years until, you know, the Lord allowed me to live that day where at, there was a time in my life consistently for five years. I emptied my account every December. I started afresh every year with God, just trusting God. Learn to trust God. I know you are well paid, but ask yourself, do you really have faith or you have faith in the job? Praise God. I said, some of us who spend and calculate, calculate our life, calculate our life until you literally feel like your brain is burning. Because by the time you solve all your life's problem and bring your salary, you realize that, ah! <laughs> eh? Then what will happen? You start complaining. From complaining, you will now curse the nation. Then you start cursing all the president from 1983. Eh? out of that anger, you go to work the next morning and spread your ingratitude to your colleague. So I don't even know how you people are surviving. How you, how you people are surviving. Before you know, you have started a self-fellowship of grumblers. Every lunch period, you carry food, you be grumbling, grumbling. Go and start your own company now so you can pay people well. Instead of thanking God, living the life of faith, so that other people can come and ask you, how are you living it will be an opportunity to share the gospel. You are even the one that will encourage them not to tithe. That, ah, tithe is not, it's not New Testament. They've come to our church. We don't even call it tithe. My pastor is very good. And you feel with that extra 10%, you will cover some holes. Go and read Haggai. Oh, go and read the book of Haggai. It says, you bring in. It says, and there are holes in your bag. It says, and I put holes in it. And why did God do that? He says, you said it's not time to build my house. He says, it's time to build. You see, let me ask you, the project you have for your life, when will it ever finish? You will not have time for God. When? When will you say, okay, I'm done now, Father. Let's face your house. You realize that the project you have embarked on will take you to the grave. There will not be time. And you know why? This issue, trusting a man. And why do you have so much confidence? An economic expert has shown you an investment plan. 
See, from what we're looking at now, we're into cryptocurrency, Binance, we're buying it. I, feel, mm, I can see it. Mm, mm. Okay, bring six million. Children are secured. <laughs> Even the man who is saying you should bring six million is not secured. Then I like people. When they have made such investment, they can now laugh with toothpick in their mouth. You know, I know my children will not suffer. I have made some strategic plans. <laughs> God will just look at you and look at all your plans. There's no advantage in this natural world. Listen to me, child of God. There is no advantage in this natural world. Carry American passport, Canadian passport, British passport, uh, Uruguay passport, whatever passport you are carrying, there is no advantage. One law, one law, and all your strategic investments are wiped out. One law. Hmm? I usually tell people, thank God for divine health. You are one sickness away from poverty. One sickness away from poverty. Not two. Just one. The doctor will say, go to India for tests. You go to India, they check you. Go to UK. Go to Canada. Go to US. By the time you buy ticket, two, 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 two million. Ticket alone, ten million. You start selling cars. Start selling houses. They say, we don't know what is wrong with you. And some, the reason the doctors cannot trace it is anxiety of the future. There's no, there's no machine to test that. It's anxiety. You are just afraid of the future. There's no medical, it doesn't have anything. They put in all the machine to not, tomorrow to show you your head. Your head is swelling up. Cause they are thinking of 2060. They say, ah, no. Then it goes to your leg. It's just because you are just thinking. Some of you can't even sleep at night as blessed as you are. Just thinking of a future. You have just gotten married. You are thinking of divorce. If this man leaves now, I will lie, I will lie, I will lie strategically. Ah, relax, at least enjoy your marriage first. And what is all of this? It's trust in man. Trust in man. It masquerades itself sometimes as wisdom. And you know, we teach planning in this church, so I'm not against planning. But you understand what I'm trying to say? You see, even when you are done with your plan, what do you do? You commit that plan to the hands of God. And the faith that that plan will come to pass is not in your ability, but what? But God. That's the difference. So when people are boasting of what they have secured for the future, where should the boasting of a believer be? God and God alone. Keep it at that. You might look religious. You might look foolish. You might look, are, are you hearing what I'm saying? You might look stupid. Leave it at that. By the grace of God. Oh, by God's grace. They say, hey, we know there's God's grace, but you, God gave you brain. Leave the brain and the grace like that. It's by the grace. You, we must, we must, we must not try not to appear foolish to this world. It's the, it's the foolishness of this world that God uses to explain and to reveal His wisdom. We are trying to be wise like the word. The believer's strength is in God. His faith is in God and in God alone. Can you say amen? amen. Now, let's look at verse 7. Now, sorry, sorry, go back to verse 6. Let me just explain a statement to you there. When it says a land of salt without habitation, you know, actually, they were an agricultural society. And if you know anything about soils, right? You know, they, they, they usually will teach you about the three kinds of soil, right? Um, clay loamy and sandy soil all right so um 
if you have a land of salt, you can't grow anything in it. So what he was just trying to say that when the man is cursed, nothing becomes productive in his life. You see, as a child of God, let me explain something to you. Nothing should die in your hands. Things should be productive. It's part of the conversation we'll have in the men's uh, meeting this morning. What God told Adam. He says, tend, cultivate it. Things in your life should grow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you marry a woman, the woman should grow. Not that the woman was very sharp, very intelligent. You now married her. Half of her brain has gone. No. You tend, you cultivate. When God gives you something, you return that thing back to God better than God gave it to you. This includes your marriage. This includes your, your children. Includes your talents, your abilities. Don't think of this life alone. As compared to eternity, this life is so short. It's so short. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Alright. Verse 7. Let's go to verse 7. Are you getting blessed at all? Okay. Verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. And whose trust is in the Lord. How will he be? For he will be like a tree planted by the water. That extends his roots by a stream. And will not fear when heat comes. Can you see that? He says this man who trusts in the Lord. Heat is going to come. But what will this man not do? Not fear. The man will not fear. You see one of the things about faith. Is that faith removes fear. Any kind of fear. You know, you must deal with every kind of fear in your life. I used to have two. I used to, because I've conquered both now. I used to have two. You know, some fear. They, uh, I did a study on... <laughs> it's interesting. I did a study on fear one time. And actually, you can go do the study. They, they, have, they have a lot of fear in this world. But actually, there are over 200 kind of fears. Alright, this world. I know the one most women have. It's the fear of cockroach. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> okay, right? So, okay, so, you must deal with every kind of fear in your life, alright? You must deal with every kind of fear. Now, I, had, I used to have the fear of dogs, I've conquered that. Now, I used to have the fear of heights. Okay? And when I went to Ghana, oh, <laughs> I conquered that. We climbed one, one high place like that. Sometimes you have to deliberately conquer your fear. Okay? But it says when heat comes, he will not fear. You know the danger about fear? Whatever you are afraid of will eventually happen to you because you're sowing that fear in the realm of the spirit. So, can I tell you something? Any fear you have right now, take scriptures and begin to deal with it. Any, any fear. Fear that you will not have a bright future, take God's word. Begin to, don't just, don't just, in Jesus' name, I'm not afraid. Mm, 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 mm. He's still there. He's hiding somewhere. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's just strong face. That's bold face. In worry, we say that's gra gra. It doesn't solve issues. Take God's word. Feed, you are afraid. You would marry a wrong man. No problem. Take God's word. And eh? Then stop watching film. Take God's word. Hmm? And feed it until that fear is not there any longer. 
are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, you can know when that fear is not there. How? You feed it with God's word. You are afraid you will not do well in life. Take God's word. Feed it in your spirit. He says, when heat comes, you will not be afraid. Because when, you know, right now, if you're not careful in this nation, you will talk yourself into death. Because everything is just going up. Every, you can say, ah, we will die, oh. <laughs> and yes, you will. You know, God forbid does not cancel the effect of words. Go and listen to my message, The Law of Words, First Refreshers Conference. You must learn, especially our dear market women, hold yourself. I know you were used to buying this thing, five naira. You, you were used to it. Now when you go to the market, you are just shout, hey, hey, Tinubu, hey, hey, Tinubu, hey, you will kill us. Relax, relax. If you say that long enough, if you say that long enough, you will, you are sowing to the flesh and you will reap corruption. You see, the laws of life would work. Whether you mean it or not, they would work. You see, a Christian is intentional with words. I was praying about something yesterday night and God began to remind me of that again. What are you saying about this situation? Hold your words. I'll talk about it during the Faith Refreshers Conference. The psalmist said, put a guard on my mouth. He said, hold my mouth. It's like your child wants to say something he shouldn't say. You close his mouth. Not every word should come out of your mouth. Let some thoughts die in your head without coming out of your mouth. What about that moment you are shouting, shouting? You just say, thank God because he supplies all our needs. Give your angels something to work with. Don't give the devil tools to strangle your life. Because you know what? Regardless of your feeling, it is what it is. So you have to use a superior law to excel. Praise God. In this church, every month, I set my faith for a particular amount of money to come in. I use my faith for finances. Sometimes I look at our accounts and... Sometimes I can call my team together if I discover that I've put my faith in so many projects. I can call my team together. But most times, on this money issue, I like to do it myself. Yeah. I believe God for particular amounts to come in for us to be able to do what we're doing. There was a time I gave the figure of what we use for our buses. You'll be, you'll be amazed at how much we use for our buses. Because fuel has gone up. All those things have gone up. And you know what people do when things go up? <laughs> now, I'm not saying this. You, you, you know my heart. You know I love you, right? But, you know, it's not like when things go up. People also think that the things we are using in church have gone up. Oh, you think so? You think people say, ah, that's true. Our light bill has gone up. Ah, that's true. Whatever we're spending in church would have gone up. Oh, that's true. No, people don't think like that. People rather say, the church has... Then they reduce. <laughs> yes, then they reduce. So you have to now use your faith. The more, you see, let me explain something to you. <laughs> oh God. You see, when the economy goes down the way it is now in our nation, the general thing is that people reduce their giving. Then what happens? Messages will start changing. 
You now here sow your last seed, like the widow of Zarephath, to break the yoke. You understand? You now be preaching prosperity message to encourage the people to give. No, no, that's the wrong way. You're putting your heart in what they have. What should you do? Teach God's word as He has led you. You use your faith to believe for it to come. I'm, you know, I'm giving you this example. I'm telling you how we also have to apply this to get the ministry running. So in your own life, things have gone up. Things are transport. No, it's not time to cut yourself from coming to church. Nothing should tamper with your service of God. I'm not even talking about what you give now. I'm talking about being present in the house of God. So what are we saying? Even with the heat, if our heart truly trusts God, there will be no fear. Let me tell you, listen to me. No matter how the economy of this world goes, if your heart is in God, you will excel. You will do well. You will prosper. You will thrive. This is the best time to have the God advantage. How will God do it? That's not your issue. Trust God. He will do it legally. <laughs> he will do it right. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Look at this. It says, For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its root by the stream and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green. Look at this. And will not be anxious in the year of drought. Two things you must deal with in your faith life is fear and anxiety. Anxiety. Do not worry. Learn it. You know, some, some folks are champions at worrying. If they have not worried for a long time, they are worried that they have not been worried. They have not been worried for a long time. <laughs> I just worried. People can just be worried. Worried about stuff. Nothing takes my sleep. Because I'm not God. Say the one that keeps Israel, neither sleep nor slumber. Both of you can't be doing the same job. Do you want to, do you, I mean, do you want to take God's job? Sleep. And even that worrying, you're worrying, you know, increases high blood pressure, any kind of stuff, damage your system. You are, you are 25, you're looking 45. Veins everywhere. Because you're, you're Why is my life like this? Go and listen to a message and know how to change your life. Why should it not be like that? How else should it be? There's nothing in your life now that cannot be changed with God's word and prayer. He says, is any man afflicted? Let him pray. Not let him, let him pray. Not let him ease. <laughs> let him pray. Oh God, everybody around me is getting a job. I'm not getting a job. Deal with it. In the name of Jesus. I'm like the field that the Lord has blessed. My, my, you know, I wanted to say my ministry is accepted because that's what I say all the time. But you speak that over your life. My person is accepted. My ministry is accepted. In the name of Jesus. And do it consistently. Not you just do it. My ministry is accepted. And then you look at it in the window and look at notice happening and say it's not working. That is the, we will say, they will say confess, confess. We have confessed too. You see, your heart, your heart in the realm of the spirit shows you don't believe what you're doing. You are just trying it. And it won't produce. The word of God has been tried. You are not to try it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, you are not to experiment. If God tells you something, pay attention to it. Every day we have to learn this faith life. Every day. 
I, I mean, I've been teaching faith for a long time, but I'm still growing. Because if I, if my faith is working at its best, it will produce more results. You know, there are times we need to believe for something, and I'll just tell you that, Pastor Mary, I'll just say, listen, I don't have, have my faith on this project is maxed out. I don't have extra faith to use for something else. Some of you are just believing for things scattered, 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 scattered. Sometimes you need to aim your faith at a project and pick it up. There was a time I, I needed some huge sum of money to come in to just get something sorted. That month, oh boy. <laughs> you know, I, I, I know. I know that month my wife got tired of me hearing. The, I, she knew I zeroed my faith. I was not believing for anything else. When some money comes in, I'll tell her, this has come in remaining. I'll tell her, and so it's remaining. This has come in. I, I, I zeroed my faith. When I hit the target and I told her, there's still some weeks, there's still some days left in this month, I will still believe more. I will stretch every single day of this month. Amen. We went way above the target. And the next month, I was believing for something else. I wasn't believing for finances. I mean, just something regular came, came in. You have to aim your faith. What are you trusting God for? Marshal all your resources in that direction. Have your confession. Have your prayer. Set your thoughts along that line. Are you hearing what I'm saying? For you'll be like a tree planted by the water that extends its root by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. Now, look at two things here. The man that put his heart in man, the environment was green. Right? Did you pay attention there? Prosperity was there. But what happened? He was living in a past land. The man who put his faith in God everywhere was where? Drought. There's drought. There's famine. His leaves were green. Did you, did you follow that analogy? There's prosperity. But the man puts his heart in man. In spite of a prosperous environment, he was suffering. This man put his heart in God. In spite of a bad environment, his leaves were green. So, what does Jeremiah chapter 17 tell us? It tells us that it's not the environment that was determining the happenings in the man's life. It was where his faith is. Did you get that? That even in a green environment, if the man is not trusting in God, he will not experience prosperity. But in a bad environment, if a man is trusting in God, he will experience increase. Do we have examples in scriptures for this? Yes. Isaac. Right? There was famine in the land. And God says, plant. And I've told you, that thing is not seed sowing. God says, plant. And he reaped a hundredfold in that year. It wasn't that he sowed seed. He actually cultivated the ground. The question is, where did the water come from that watered his, 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 um, his farm? His faith produced it. Which means that for some of us, this is when that your business will finally start. When everybody, I thought I would say you hear me. You don't say amen in this church. Right? Say amen like thunder. That's <laughs> right. It means, 
as things are bad with your faith, that's when that business finally starts and everybody's wondering. With the Naira like this, that's a man who's put his trust in God. This is not when to say, ah, business that I wanted to start. If I had known, I would have started five years ago when uh, Idiagma was president. No, 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 no. Relax, relax. Leave Idiagma alone. Relax. Whoever is president is not your problem now. It's where you are sowing to. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why in this church, beginning from this month, we are in our prosperous season. We are going to do things this year like we've never done before. We're going to support missionaries in African countries like we've never done before. Why? We want to show an example that when a church believes God, He will make all grace abound towards us. This is the best time. And it's your best time also. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What is our God advantage if we can't walk on water? What is our God advantage if the Red Sea cannot pass? What is our God advantage if in the wilderness we cannot eat manna? What's our God advantage? What use will manna be to you in heaven? There is a God advantage. Tell your neighbor there is a God advantage. I didn't hear you. Tell your neighbor there is a God advantage. Hallelujah. You know, that's why I said, let's take the step of faith. And for um, everybody coming for FRC this, this, this year, let's pay their hotel. Let's get food. Let's feed them. Why? It's a God advantage. We want to give. We want to be a blessing. Hallelujah. We're not, oh, things are hard. We're not looking for ways to court. We're looking for ways to give. You know, there's a missionary now. They are going to Niger. They're going to start something in Niger. One of the places in the jail, we're going to start preaching God's word, and I'm praying about what the Lord will have us as a ministry give to them and support them. I want to give them something huge as they live for that African nation. I want to bless them. And I'm praying in my heart, Lord, what do we give? You know, we bought a bike for that missionary the other time. I want us to buy bikes for more missionaries to go and preach. Bikes are expensive now. It's more than 500000 now to buy a bike. Right? Why? Because God is our source. And we're not going to allow the gospel suffer. Because dollar has gone up. No way, a thousand times no. Glory to the name of the Lord. Are you blessed? Alright. Let's read on. Then it says it does not cease to use food. Now, how many of you have heard that scripture? Uh, verse 9. Put up verse 9. Right. How many of you have heard this scripture? You have <laughs> had a friend in school that used to call it, heard it. How many of you have heard it? Okay. How many of you have heard this scripture? The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? Why do you think God put this scripture here? Because in the first previous verses we have studied, he was talking about trust. So, I gave you an example. A man can be praying and said, Oh God, I know you are Jehovah Jireh. You know all those names we give God. Eh? How many of you know? Okay. <laughs> okay, let me just tell you. God's name is not Jehovah Jireh. Sure you know. Uh-huh. Go and read the scripture. The Bible says, And he called the name of the place 
Jehovah Jireh. Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh. I know you started calling God Jehovah Jireh because of that calendar your mother bought on the wall that have Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sidikenu, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Jireh. I know that's it. But Bible said he called the name of the place. Go and read it. But let's leave that. Eh? So you give God all these names. Jehovah the Waymaker, Jehovah uh, Sharp Sharp, Jehovah. <laughs> you just call Jehovah and add anything you want to add. Jehovah Designer, Jehovah Gushi, Jehovah Tommy Finger, Jehovah uh, whatever you want to put, right? And you're praying. You're praying. And you're singing to the Lord. Singing to the Lord. Waymaker, Miracle Walker, Great Are You Lord. You're just singing all these songs. You just mix them. You know, some of you sing faith and unbelief together. Hmm? You just sing, your presence is heaven to me. The next thing, on my way to heaven, what did you just say now? Your conflicted heart, conflicted songs. <laughs> you just, do you understand? You can just sing something now, filled with faith. The next song, you are a helpless victim. I almost gave up. I almost died. Just, just, God just hold me. I almost wanted to give up. I, 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 then you start crying. Those songs make you cry easily. Oh, when there's no one to help me. Oh, when there's no one to help me. Why, why, why? What is your problem? Why do you like those songs? I'm helpless. There was no one. I'm helpless. There was no one. You will now be crying. You will now. Ah, why? Why, why, why do you, why do you like being a victim, even in your songs? Hmm? Every time you are reading, woman with the issue of blood, you are the woman. You never see yourself like Jesus, that other people need to touch to get hold. No! The paralyzed man for 38 years, you are the paralyzed man. Every time you read Bible, you are the only one with sickness. You never see yourself like the apostles who says, the demons were subject to us. No, you don't see yourself that way. You see yourself as the legion. Say, Father, I don't know. Even if I have demon that I don't know, Father, remove it. You have demon that you don't know. <laughs> Unaccompanied luggage. Why do you always see, why do you open Bible and do not see that you are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places? Why don't you see that the greater one lives on the inside of you? That you are the one that overcomes the world? Why don't you see that? Blank Bartimaeus, you are the one. Oh, the, the, <laughs> the man brought his child who was epileptic. You are the epileptic child. Say, Father, I don't know. Every, every spiritual epilepsy, mental epilepsy, you have collected epilepsy now. Why? Why? Your prayer point, you will collect trouble for yourself. Father, even if I'm mad and I don't know, Father, cure me. Why? Why? See who you are in Christ. In Christ you are righteous. In Christ you are born again. The Bible says the righteous is as bold as a lion. He says come to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy. And he didn't say come timidly. He says come with boldness. Don't say we are storming the gates of heaven. To come from the gates. Come to the throne. You are not spiritual agbero. Do they have, do they have an English word for agbero? You are not a spiritual tout. Oh, let's storm the gates of heaven. Don't be a rebel. Come to the throne. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Don't say, oh, I was praying and uh, the Prince of Persia heard my prayers. Where were you? 
You are not in Pesha. You are in Nigeria. Don't you know geography? Sorry, geography. You said no. You are not calling. <laughs> you are not a victim. I said you are not a victim. I said you are not a victim. You've talked long enough about generational curses. But you need to know the family tree you came from. It's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jesus, God. That's your tree. That's your lineage. That's our family. It's a blessed family. He says, look unto the rock from which you came. He says, I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. These, are, these should be the meditations of your heart. And you know what? As you meditate on these things, it will not just be confession. You know, people confess, you know, just because they say you should confess. You know, I'm not poor. I'm not poor. I'm not poor. I think I'm poor. I think I'm poor. No, no, I'm not poor. No, no, no. It has not taken roots. If it takes roots in you, it will not come out of your mouth. Feed your heart. Your mouth will speak of the abundance of the things in your heart. So you see these two folks. How do you walk on your heart? That's why the scripture says, it says, my son, give me your heart. You know how you renew your heart? Keep feeding it God's word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, keep feeding it God's word. How many of you have, it happened to me once. How many of you walked with a close friend and you discovered that you started either talking like the friend or laughing like the friend after a while? How many of you? Just, ah. Somebody now told you. You didn't even know. Somebody now told you, oh, you are now laughing like your friend. What happened? You kept hearing laughter. Huh? Kept feeding on laughter. Kept hearing laughter. Kept, some of you do do and clap like your friend because some of you end your laughter with clap. You laugh, 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 you clap. At the end of the laugh. You were not like that before. So you laugh, 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 and then you will clap. They say, ah, when did you start clapping? Oh, see, most things that are habits to you, you didn't know when you got them. That's why sometimes when you say, oh, I don't know when this started. And that's why if you are very observant, you will know when your children have picked up habits. Or picked up words. That is not regular words in your, in your house. What am I saying? Give yourself time. You know, some of you hear this message and you want to be faith giants in one day. No, it doesn't work like that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what do you do? You give yourself time. You take the word of God. You keep feeding your faith. You keep feeding your faith. You keep feeding your faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You keep feeding your faith. At a point you just realize, oh, you have faith. Oh, you have faith. Oh, it's easy for you to believe. Sometimes you make mistake. Get up again. Get up again. Praise God. Have faith in God. I want to challenge you. See, as a church, if we have faith in God corporately, we can do mighty things on this island. If you have faith in God, you can do... There is no verdict in this world that is final. Whether it's medical, whether it's political, whether it's economical, there is no verdict in this world that is final. God's word can change anything. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, God's word. You see, you know, sometimes when I preach, people say you are very bold. You know I'm bold? It's because my faith is in God. My faith is in God. And every day I'm learning to anchor my faith in Him. Every day. If a man believes God, there's nothing that will be impossible to that man. 
Oh, they are not giving just on this island because I'm not an indigent. Forget all those stories. You know, don't build conspiracy around your failure. Are there non-indigents having job? Yes. He settles it. Now I told you early when I came in, some pastors invited me. Say, oh, we want you to join a non-indigent pastoral association. I said, no, not, we don't join all those ones. Why? You are willing and obedient, you will the good of the land. There is no indigenous and non-indigenous. For all those things, you now, you now, you now separate yourself. You will start fighting battles that are unknown. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You create unreal enemies, create imaginary wars. Some of you are just fighting unnecessary battles that you have created for yourself. I was, I'll say this. I was coming from Ghana. And I go to Ghana all, all, all the time in terms of every year I preach there. And I was coming one time I was traveling. And um, I went through the, through the immigration, you know. And there was this guy that was coming. He's an Nigerian guy too. So he had something and they say you, he could not carry it. And the man said, ah, I cannot have carried this from a, he mentioned many, many countries. <laughs> the lady said, for those countries I don't know, but here, they're not carrying it. So he went back and checked it in and went. So when he came back, he sat close to me. So he said, my brother, did you see what happened there? I said, yes, I saw it. He said, these people don't like Nigerians. I said, no, it's not true. He said, hey, hey, they don't. Ghanians hate Nigeria. I said, no, one of my best friends in this world is a Ghanian. He said, hey, hey what, what do you do? He said, yeah, pastor, say, it's because, yeah. I said, no, it's because I'm a pastor. I didn't tell him. So I'm telling you. He was rude. Are you, even if it is me, that thing, he will not cross it. You know when you feel like you have traveled around the world? There was a time I was coming from the US and I bought something. It was, you know, something oral for mouth. And um thing for my son then. And I, well, I carried it. And I met the lady and she said, Oh, you can't carry this. It's more than this. So I said, oh, well, I understand. You know, spoke to her very gently. I said, well, it's for my son. I would really love to. You know, she just said, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and she gave. I mean, I just go, white people don't like black people. I will lose my money, lose my respect. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, all these things that you feel that people don't like you, you are rude. Not you, the person behind you. (laughs) So that you will not come back to church. He's telling us, we are not you. I said the person behind you. Eh? Relax. When you meet another human being, drop all your achievements. Talk like a normal human being. Don't be speaking, hey, do you know who I am? We don't know. Relax. You know this, eh? You want to get married. You are, they, they call you, 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 you are like, you know, what? Relax. Calm down. This life is not difficult. It's not. Don't make it complex. Don't have unreal enemies. You have not married. You are already suspecting your mother-in-law. <laughs> say, bring a picture. Let me see. Jesus said, say, hmm, this woman will be wicked, though. <laughs> no, that's great. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, 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 when I say this, you might laugh. But these are some of the challenges that Christians have. Imaginary battles in their hearts. And what did I tell you about the realm of the Spirit? is precise. Your heart cannot be deceived. You get into that marriage. 
This woman, for no reason, will just be picking fights with you. You will say, did I not say it? Yes. As you have spoken to my ears, so shall I do unto you. What about if you say, I have the favor of God. Whoever I marry, my mother-in-law falls in love with me. You see, that woman in court might be wicked to everybody, but when it comes to your case, are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't create unhealthy expectations and stop watching African magic. Feed on the word of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you feed on the word of God, you know that the favor of God follows you wherever you go. I never think like a victim. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I never think like a victim. Do your job right. Respect people. Respect the laws. But don't, don't, you know, don't be arrogant. Don't be rude. Don't be uncaught. Learn all the manners you can. But listen to me. At the end of the day, have your faith in God. If you have the natural qualities and your faith in God, there's nowhere you cannot go to. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God has a bright future for you. Don't destroy it. God has a great future for you. And you see, the future that God has, only Him can bring it to pass. Praise the name of the Lord. Can we pray? Father, I thank you for everyone in this house. We call them blessed. We call them whole. We call them blessed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Are you blessed this morning? We all give the Lord a hand. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.